listening to the Uloft Podcast, presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others, while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. All right, everybody, welcome to the Uloft podcast. This is Michael Bond, and today it's just me. The rest of our crew has had quite the busy week, and so here I am, all alone in this room, with you. Today we'll be unpacking several important points Pastor Caleb made during the most recent Unite. If you missed that message, you can find it in its entirety at unitediup.com. Again, this is week four of our series called Outdated which is based loosely on the book written by Jonathan Pakluda. This week, Caleb discussed all things breaking up or ending your relationships. I think he did an excellent job, and I'll tell you, this was one of the more challenging sermons to preach. I don't think it's a stretch to say there's almost no one who enjoys the thought of breaking up. Even when you're stuck in a relationship you can't stand, the prospect of hurting the other person by dumping them is not fun to think about. Sometimes opening these wounds can be so painful that it seems easier to allow the relationship to drag on day after day. Ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, dating is a very dangerous thing, and it should never be done flippantly. That's part of why the team at United has dedicated this entire series to teaching how to date biblically. If you've never read Pakluda's book, you should consider it. I'll confess it's not my favorite, but I'm definitely in the minority. I will admit the author's stroke of genius when he suggests that heartbreak was never part of God's design, and that we could avoid a lot of it simply by respecting biblical ordinance in our own dating lives. So much of this respect involves being carefully selective about who we date to begin with. Ask anyone who feels stuck in a dysfunctional relationship, and most of them will tell you that they wish it had never started. So, It actually is the case that you can save yourself possibly life-defining, painful memories if you take the selection process seriously. Relationships, especially relationships which fall outside the bounds of biblical order, have a way of reaching into your heart and taking hold of you, even if you never thought they would. When you approach a new relationship, instead of looking at it like something you'll be able to cast off easily months or years from now, as soon as you feel like it. You should view it as having the capacity to be every bit as dangerous as an addictive substance. What do I mean by that? Well, simply that when you have an addictive drug sitting on the table in front of you, it's no more harmful than something like a glass of water. When it's just sitting there, you have no problem believing the drug has no power over you. It's not until you start using it and abusing it that the drug takes hold. A dysfunctional relationship will do the exact same thing. So whether you choose to pay the price or not, you should never fool yourself into thinking there will be no price at all. You should never consider yourself smart enough, strong enough, or righteous enough to go outside the protection of God's design without exposing yourself to various kinds of danger. So in this selection process, one of the most important considerations is whether or not your prospective partner shares your worldview. If he or she does not, then this is called being unequally yoked. 
First, let's hear from Caleb on this point, and then we'll discuss it further. When you date someone who isn't a Christian, I promise you, your life isn't going to be fun in marriage, because if you are, here's what's going to happen. You're going to wake up on a Sunday, and you have a kid, and you're going to want to say, I want to go to church, and I want to take my kid with me to church. And their dad is sitting on a couch drinking a beer and nursing a hangover from going out with the guys. And you know what he thinks about church? Doesn't give a rip. And that kid is going to grow up and he's going to ask his mom, Mom, why do we do this? Dad doesn't seem to think it matters. And they're going to be confused and have lots of questions. And the wife is going to be bitter and angry and spiteful. And the husband's going to be mad at the fact that this His wife is trying to teach their kids foolishness. And I don't have to tell you where that lands because statistically speaking, a lot of you in this room, that was your home. I really could summarize a lot of this idea by just asking you to look at people who fall on different sides of the political or cultural divide and observe how difficult it is for them to even speak to each other, let alone work with each other. That is because they have different and irreconcilable worldviews. Marriage, or any intimate relationship for that matter, is one of the most demanding partnerships you can make in terms of communication and negotiation. Being able to work together for the well-being of your family and the well-being of your relationship is not optional in healthy marriages. So if you can't even talk about Joe Biden with someone who disagrees with you, then what makes you think you can survive in a marriage with someone who disbelieves in the fundamental principles of the way you see the world itself? The further along you get in life, the more you'll have to make values-based decisions. When you're young and in college, it's easy to put these off and bask in the freedom of knowing with reasonable certainty that you have a lot of time ahead of you. But as you grow older, you have to start ruling things out in order to become somebody. You have to pick a path and walk down it, or else you'll become a 35-year-old teenager, and most people will be repulsed by you. In order to walk down a path, you have to exclude walking down a near-infinite number of other paths. You make this decision based on what you value, and what you value is emergent from what you believe about yourself and the world. If you and your partner do not share beliefs, you very likely will not share values either. Now, I'll just put an addendum here to say it's possible to have differing beliefs while sharing the same values, but that just means one of you is confused and suffering from cognitive dissonance. If you value different things from your partner, you're going to pick one path, and he or she is going to pick a different one. And if you think it'll be easy to just change your partner's mind, perhaps you should reflect on how history is replete with examples of entire societies literally fighting wars and dying in defense of their values. It is possible to change a person, but you should never try it without first counting the cost. You will pay for it with years of painful adjustment and the slow drip of self-sacrifice every time he or she does something that flies in the face of what you hold dear. Your home dynamic will be such that you can never really be yourself, and your family will suffer as they stumble on the shifting sands of spiritual duplicity. I do want to plant a flag here and say that if you're already married to someone who doesn't share your beliefs, this is not grounds for divorcing that person. In fact, the Bible admonishes you to stay married in this case. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 12-16. through 16. But to the rest I say, not the Lord, 
that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever, and she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. And a woman who has an unbelieving husband, and he consents to live with her, she must not send her husband away. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. For otherwise your children are unclean, but now they are holy. Yet if the unbelieving one leaves, let him leave. The brother or the sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? You can understand this passage to mean, even if you're dumb enough and stubborn enough to marry someone who doesn't share your most fundamental beliefs and values, God can still redeem the marriage and sanctify both partners through it. But sanctification is very often painful and usually requires you to make difficult sacrifices. So just keep all of this in mind when choosing a partner. Now, let's say you've already chosen someone, but haven't married them yet. Maybe things are starting to get rough in the relationship. Let's hear what Caleb has to say about when to break up with someone. You should break up the moment you think for pretty sure it ain't gonna work. Break up the moment when you are pretty sure it is not going to work and do it now. Don't wait around. Because the worst thing that you can do, and I know this from experience, the worst thing you can do to someone is keep a relationship going and going and going. And that person thinks that they're stepping into a more and more committed relationship and you're only stepping further and further and further away. And finally you sit down with them and they're thinking, man, I'm going to get married. And you say, we need to talk. I know enough about human beings to know it's impossible for me to tell you over a podcast whether or not you should break up with someone. Every situation and every individual person has subtleties, which make them unique, as well as resistant to blanket advice. But let's say you've already decided you want out. I think the first step here is realizing there is no happy, easy option. Even if you do everything exactly right, it's still going to hurt a lot. But your best bet is to be honest with yourself and with your partner. A good rule of thumb when it comes to relationships is, lying always makes everything more painful. We'll get into that more after our final piece from Caleb, but it has some bearing here as well. Lying to avoid pain is so destructive that it literally prevents memories from healing. Any therapist with a modicum of training will dismiss you the moment he or she realizes you're unwilling to tell the truth. That's because they know you can't be healed without the truth. So once you know your relationship can't be fixed, you basically have two options. You either end it now, or you spend the next 50 years being slowly eaten away by resentment and bitterness as you shadow box your partner with passive aggression and deceit. All of you know someone who is stuck in an exceedingly miserable relationship with a person they hate more than they love. The truth is, you don't just wake up in a relationship like that. A relationship like that doesn't just happen to you. A relationship like that is carefully constructed by one mistake after another, by one seemingly harmless lie after another, by one cowardly avoided conflict after another. If you're stuck in a relationship like that, you're probably more complicit than you think. But that's good news, because if you are complicit in its existence, 
then you also have the power to end it. And as Caleb said, you should do that sooner rather than later. Speaking of taking responsibility for your relationship, let's hear what Caleb has to say about the dangers of blame shifting or refusing to acknowledge your own problems or your partner's problems in the context of a breakup. Don't shift blame. If you suck as a human being, Kendall told me not to say that, but I'm going to say it. If you suck as a human being, like you need to face up to that. Because it's never going to get better unless you sit there and are willing to say, maybe something is wrong with me and you're going to do what I did and move from relationship to relationship to relationship. Not only bringing those things with you, but making them worse every time you enter into a new relationship. So be clear. If they've got issues, be clear about that too. Because maybe you are the first person to tell them that they have these issues. Maybe they've got an addiction and they don't realize that it's a problem. Maybe they've got anger issues and they don't realize it's a problem. And you are the first person that could possibly tell them that. And if those are legitimate issues, they need to know. Because the worst thing you want to happen is you break up with them. And they fix nothing. And they wander into another relationship. And that next person gets burned because you couldn't point out the problems. This goes along with what we said earlier about the exchange of truth being curative. If you don't believe the Bible on this point then perhaps consider how this idea makes up the foundation of clinical therapy itself. Without the voluntary exchange of truth, we have no discipline of psychology. So when you're walking through such a pivotal moment in your life as a breakup, how you choose to walk through it will determine how much damage is done to yourself and others. There are people 65 and older walking around right now whose lives are still off the rails because they mishandled one breakup early on in life. The quality of your life in each moment cannot be divorced from the decisions you've made in the moments leading up to it. Walking through a breakup is difficult because it usually involves the twin dangers of immense pain or guilt combined with a massive temptation to lie. So how do you do it? You commit to trusting the truth. You tell yourself you're going to speak the truth and accept whatever reality manifests as a consequence. Even though this new reality will not be pleasant, you must have faith that it's the best possible one because it was born in truth. The moment you decide to sacrifice the truth in favor of a lie, all hell breaks loose. Not only have you failed in preventing the pain of the breakup, but you've added another layer of misery in the form of confusion and betrayal. Here's what you communicate to the person when you lie during a breakup. Not only do I not love you enough to stay with you, but I also don't respect you enough to tell you the truth. Viktor Frankl said, a man with a why can endure almost any how. The idea is that if you know why you're doing something, or if you know why something happened, then you can at least ascribe meaning to the pain. Telling the person the truth about why you're breaking up with them is like giving them a life raft so they don't drown in the pain of your absence. It is without doubt the most compassionate and caring thing you can do. But too often people shy away from the truth because of some misbegotten sense of shame or just plain cowardice. This kind of avoidance behavior never works because even the most well-crafted lie will be burned away in the presence of truth. If you choose lies over the truth in this kind of situation, you create a space inside yourself 
and inside your partner, which will be haunted by questions, possibly for the rest of your life. I think that's a good place to wrap this up. It's a rather dark and serious note to end on, but it's reflective of the seriousness of dating. In the end, guys, remember that you have peace in Jesus. Even if you've made all the mistakes Caleb and I mentioned in this episode, you still have the forgiveness and the peace of Jesus if you accept it. It's crazy to think about how we have a Savior so powerful that he can redeem even these things. If you haven't come out to United yet, you really should. We meet Tuesdays at 7.27 p.m. at 2707 West Pike Road in Indiana, Pennsylvania. I've been around a wide variety of ministries, and I can say this town is so fortunate to have a group like United. I hope this episode has been beneficial to you. I hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to speaking with you in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Uloft Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. Also, come out and join us for a Unite every Tuesday at 7.27 p.m. This is a time of music, friends, and important teaching. You don't want to miss it. You can learn more about Unites, as well as everything else we do, by visiting unitediup.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode.